Today on the podcast, we have Carly Balcom. She is a women's ice hockey player and grad student at Salve Regina University in Newport, Rhode Island. We talk about her experience with hockey, her recruiting experience, how she's had to market herself, dealing with bullying, playing on all-male teams, astrological signs, how we became friends, and much, much, much more. So stay tuned. Why did you start playing ice hockey? Like, why did you gravitate towards that sport? Because I feel like, in general, it's a little bit more aggressive like for girls and I'm from Michigan so I like grew up around girls that did play ice hockey but it was always intriguing to me like Mm -hmm. what what drew you to it initially yeah so I played every sport imaginable growing up because obviously like as a kid my parents were like let's get her into same with my brother they were like let's get them to play like every sport see what they like what they enjoy doing even if it was just like a hobby growing up it was just like we wanted the kids to be active so I played every sport and I was just like that bratty little girl that was like miserable everywhere I went. Like I played lacrosse and I was like, what, I can't hit people with my stick? Like, I don't want to play this. Mm -hmm. Oh, I did gymnastics. My coach is telling me what to do. I don't want to do this. Like it was always a problem with something. And I got to hockey. Well, I started figure skating first. Oh, I did not know this. Yes, (laughs) I was a figure skater first. And they tried to put me in that little dress and everything. And you know me, that's not me. I don't do that. So immediately, I was just like a cranky kid. Like the pictures of me figure skating, just you like, gotta send one to me. I'll, I'll send you one. It's me just like frowning, like arms <laughs> crossed in a little tutu, like miserable. And I guess my brother played hockey and my cousin played hockey. They all went to prep school, and I was like, I want to play that sport. Like mm-hmm. immediately, and I even rollerbladed. Like I ski, like all the same sense. Like I was naturally just good at stuff like that, and that's a lot of balance. So I started playing hockey. They put me in little house league and I was with all boys. And when I was playing, I had like the long blonde ponytail. I was tiny, but I was good. Like immediately was just like a natural thing Mm -hmm. for me. I'm skating around faster than a lot of boys. Um, I like was able to hold the stick and the puck at the same time at such a young age. I think I was seven when I started and someone actually saw my parents in the rink And they saw that they were my parents and they were like, that girl needs to get into a girls league. And at the time when we were younger, like we didn't have much of a girls league that was Mm -hmm. still developing over time. Now it's obviously more developed. We have a woman's like national league and whatnot. But um, at the time it was, I didn't even know what a woman's league was. My parents didn't know what it was either. And that's when they put me into a woman's league and I did travel hockey till I was 16 years old. And I played for the Brewster Lady Bulldogs. And I stayed Go there bulldogs. for a while. Yeah, real bulldogs. <laughs> um, and that's another story we'll get into maybe later. Yeah. But that's how I started playing ice hockey as a girl. And it was just, it was all of it for me. It was yeah. competitive. It was physical, mental abilities that you just, it was everything I needed. Like, it kept me focused. My ADHD, I'm all over the place. Yeah. I have to do that. <laughs> Did you feel like that like aggression and that kind of defiance earlier on in your childhood with all those different sports did that like serve you in a lot of ways in your life like how has that shaped you kind of into the person you are now definitely yeah um it makes you definitely like a stronger person like I said like mentally it's obviously part of it like it's competitive it's aggressive and weirdly enough like you meet me on the side of the street and you're like that girl no way she plays hockey like a little blonde girl skinny like you wouldn't think I play hockey you think I play volleyball lacrosse stuff like that but and they're like you're too nice to play hockey but it's it's just a different thing when you're on the ice and it's all about like the speed and agility and the skill Mm -hmm. like that's what was so fun for me and there was aggression behind it and maybe you know some people have built up aggression you take it out and you know maybe it's shooting the puck hard it's not necessarily hitting because girls hockey you can't even hit Mm -hmm. 
But um, there's certain ways you can hit. They say it's more of like a skill thing where you have to like lean against somebody instead of necessarily what guys do, and they like just fully checking them. Exactly, kind of thing. exactly. So, um, yeah, that's kind of why I like the sport and the aggression part of it was kind of. I don't know. It was fun. Like it was, I played with guys in high school also. So I played my junior and senior year of high school. And again, I was a pretty small girl to be playing with, um, high school boys at the time. And I was the captain of that team and that I actually cracked a rib in a game. Um, I got hit, definitely got a concussion. Um, that was more physical, I would say of all of my years of hockey. And it was fun though. Like Mm. I didn't hate it. (laughs) Do you think, has it been hard to like balance trying to be like sort of this tough like exterior and be taken seriously but also like still being able to be feminine and be who you are and you know yeah definitely um in high school especially that's when like um people started to realize like oh this girl can like hold her own almost and it's the same like I think it proves it shows a lot of who I am like, saying that I play ice hockey and showing that there is that side of me mm-hmm. that is a strong, like, person, a strong woman, and especially being able to play against guys. And it's – you earn a lot of respect, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you're able to, like, understand guys better because you were, like, so much, like, surrounded in that world <laughs> oh, yeah. for so long? Yeah, definitely. Um, I was around a lot of guys my age growing up playing hockey, and I wasn't in the same locker room as them. Sure. Just so everyone knows that. (laughs) (laughs) We were definitely – I was put in a different locker room um, where we can get dressed, so I missed a little bit out on that type of stuff, like, you know, the locker conversations. And everyone knows what that's like being on a team with somebody, and um, that's how you make friends and whatnot. But it's crazy that, like, I learned so much about – guys and how they treated me and mm-hmm. how they talked about different people I was almost treated like one of the boys you yeah. know and that's definitely made me who I am today also I have so many guy friends around me and I've learned um how to be friends with them because of hockey yeah it's so interesting too because I feel like you do have a lot of guy friends but you're kind of the epitome of like what I would call like a girl's girl yeah like I feel like you're like like you look out for like your girlfriends oh definitely yeah I I have a few select girlfriends but I understand a lot of females in this world and it's almost like I want to show other females that you have this side of like you can be a tomboy but you can be a girl's girl and you can understand both sides and try to understand like boys in this world and try to understand girls in this world and you can be who you are in both worlds. Right. Like, I, we, we all have, like, a masculinity and a femi- exactly. femininity. Exactly. And yeah. you can, like, let loose on both sides. Like, when you go out and you can dress up and wear a dress, wear whatever you want. But then I can also go out in sweatpants and a sweatshirt and be comfortable both ways. Mm-hmm. So it's whatever you want to do. And I think girls can learn a lot in that sense where, like, girls need to start treating each other like, you know, like, treat each other like good people. Like, yeah. I know a lot of girls are judgy when we go out with each yeah. other. And... I think that was that definitely I probably was taught that in hockey that it was okay for me to be in this boys sport when we were younger it was definitely considered a male sport right um again nowadays it's a little bit different but um I think that was a cool thing to show other girls like in high school that like I was on the hockey team mm-hmm. you know that, that that wasn't for many people do you feel like people like you got a bad rap because you were like around guys all the time or like was it because I feel like that's a, like there are some girls that judge other girls when they are friends with a lot of guys. Yeah. Did you sure. ever feel that? Um, yeah, I, I get that a lot. But 
it, I don't know. I get along with guys so well just because of how I was raised. I was the first girl mm. born in my family with three boys above me, including my brother and my two cousins, and obviously their best friends that were always around. So from a quick age, I learned how to be around guys, and it was more natural to me, I guess. And over time, going to high school, I got bullied a lot by girls. It was more of like a jealousy thing, sure. I think. I think girls get very jealous that and territorial how, too very territorial and it's like say they were dating one of my guy friends or something and it's like why is this girl always around mm-hmm. and it's not like that but they again like girls need to help girls out in this sense and be more communicative and everybody can be friends with these guys as if we're friends with each other's girls right. like we can all go out and hang you ever we're all the on show? the same team yeah you see, <laughs> you see the show friends like yeah. doesn't everybody want that yeah like you want to have close guy friends close girlfriends and all just be it's able good to, to have be a balance friends. for sure yeah. i think like some of the best i mean conversations and hangouts is when you're getting all those different perspectives and you're hearing different people's stories and mm-hmm. i don't think you can get that i mean i like i love having a close group of girlfriends and i gain so much from that but it's also nice, especially with relationship stuff. Like, I love going to my guy friends and being like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, like, I don't know what to do, whatever. And then they can, you know, give me their perspective, too, because I think it just makes I, everyone more well-rounded. Yeah, I think that helped me in my dating life, probably. Yeah. I've, I under, like, in that sense, like, I hear what guys say, and I know how guys almost think. Mm-hmm. And especially with females. And they talk to me and they ask me questions as well. Well, that's like our intern group chat. Yeah. I feel like was half of it was just you being like, well, I think this. And he's probably thinking this. And yeah. <laughs> you try to, girls try to figure them out. Oh, and yeah. there's not much to it. No, no. <laughs> it, not a lot going not, on. There. Not a lot going on up there, I promise. But it, it is nice to have like, a, if it's one, two, three, multiple guy friends in your life, it's nice to um, create that friendship and understandment between each other I have very close guy friends all different ages and I go to them with questions they come to me with questions and it's just like helping each other out and this whole world of jealousy that we have it's starting to get old oh yeah you know yeah and I feel like some of my guy friends are some of the most brutally honest with me too Mm -hmm. like they're kind of no bullshit because they're not going to sit there and be like what no like he really does like you like they're gonna be like what are you doing yeah they're gonna they're gonna tell me when I'm being dumb right because you know sometimes we get ahead of ourselves in situations yes (laughs) um so how did we become friends what do you think I like can't even really remember a distinct moment but we worked together at our internship Mm -hmm. um you me and Caroline and miss you yeah yeah I know we We gotta gotta send it to her I do (laughs) Um, be Sid, such a fun... Sid and me were just talking about this the other day, how we became friends. She, cause, oh, yeah, we were you just and talking Sid. About, yeah, me and Sid, we were just talking about it. She was like, how did, like, Gabby, Caroline, like, how did you guys get so close? Like, we have group chats on everything right now. <laughs> I know, Like, And even if it's, like, we don't talk for a week, right. like, our friendship is still, like, exactly the same. Yeah. Because we're all in different parts of, like, the world right now. Yeah. Like, you're in Florida and Ro- different part of Rhode Island for me. I'm in Rhode Island. She's in... um eg she's in boston Mm -hmm. we're all over the place but we still keep in contact yeah but we started becoming friends from our internship and um we weren't like talking that much in the beginning no that's what i'm trying to figure out i feel like i mean because it what started probably late may ish right Mm -hmm. may time frame Mm -hmm. and i feel like you and caroline were busy for a little bit with like other stuff yeah i was in nashville yeah and you started the internship like a couple days by yourself yeah. I know that was so brutal I used to have to like 
be on the field and announce like all the in between yeah, like little kids like ending it. games <laughs> but um but yeah and then I don't know what it was like one I don't know if it was like maybe when we started like I feel like just sitting at the like ticketing like yeah I think I table. told Sid that me and you became friends first yes I yeah. think so because me and you were at under the tent I was always running around yeah you were in the front gate Caroline was doing the announcements on the field. So we were all kind of like in the same area, but didn't, weren't able to talk enough. Right. And then I think me and you connected so quickly because we're, we both were um, athletes and um, we were talking about how you play at URI and I was playing at Salve. And I think we made that connection very quickly. Yeah. I didn't know Caroline. I actually did track and field um, for a while. You know, it's funny. I actually met Caroline first. Because she did the parade with me. Oh, my God. Yeah, I didn't go to that. Yes. So we walked in, like, what was it, Memorial Day? It yeah, had to have it been. it was a parade for the town. Yeah. We um, walked in the parade, like, with the waves. And, yeah, so that was the first time I met her. And she was just, like, super sweet, like, really nice. But, yeah, I didn't mean I didn't get to know her, obviously, at mm-hmm. that time. But Well, she's a sweet little oh, innocent yeah. girl. She's deceptive, though. <laughs> and, like, I hope she listens to this. But she's, like, the cutest, like, blonde, like, super, like sweet just like outgoing out, but so outgoing but very like what's the word you know, know what i'm talking about like bubbly <laughs> very bubbly very sweet. personable yeah. yeah and it was always like a happy-go-lucky girl like yes. everything was just like good it's spirit, infectious good mood. like yeah, her her energy's infectious exactly like she's smiling i'm smiling yeah. immediately and she's like she's a riot too like Cracked me up oh all my summer. gosh she like me and gabby like we were both like pretty chill girls yeah. like Again, we both have, like, probably a lot of guy friends, and you have the older brothers yeah. and all that. So me and you kind of connected on that sense. And then there was this cute little blonde girl with all this energy. I mean, you're like, yo, what is she up to? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then she whips out a white claw. I know. She's, like, <laughs> drinking, like, she has a whole bag of, like, black cherry white claws in her car, and she's just, like, one after the other. I think that's when we really made that connection. She she whipped out that white claw, and I knew we were friends forever. <laughs> yeah, that came out of nowhere. But I feel like it was so much fun even just reflecting on that summer, like, making friends that were not, like, volleyball people Mm -hmm. or, like, not hockey people. Like, I feel like it was a cool outlet that I was like, okay, like, now I have just roots in different places now. I think you guys were probably, like, my first girlfriends that I made such an instant connection with. Very quick, yeah. That have such different backgrounds. Like, we all come from different parts of the world and um, different schools, different colleges, and Obviously, being um, at Salve, I'm very, like, secluded in this one little island, and I'm in a very small school, and you both are in, like, pretty big schools, and you play different sports, and I've never hung out with anybody outside my sport for the most part. Like, it was almost like a click, and that's what a lot of schools do. And I, again, like, you two were just such a quick friendship that I made, and it was the first, like, real time I've ever felt like, wow, I have a group of girlfriends. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, no, I feel the same. Well, because, like, my old teammate used to say, like, with volleyball, for example, um, she used to say, like, oh, it's forced friendships that blossom. But – and which is, like, a really cool thing, and I'm really grateful for, like, all the relationships I've made through that. But it is, like, a forced friendship. Like, you have this obligation outside of just being friends. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool to, like, be in a place where it's, like, I don't have to be friends with you, but, like, we all rec- – like, we recognize each other. We, like, see, like – each other's like strengths and mm-hmm. like what we all yeah. bring to the table and it was just a really refreshing like yeah. experience we were three very smart independent yes strong girls right 
that they were like there for each other yeah. too. Like yeah. there was no con- like there was no judgment, no judgment, no competitive, yeah. no terror. Like nobody no jealousy, cared. Yeah. none of that. And you don't usually get that with girls, so it was like match made in heaven. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about your college hockey experience? How that has been? Good, bad, ugly. How is it like? Yeah. framed you and, and all of that yeah so my hockey experience going into college was very different from a lot of people and I say that because like I said earlier I played in high school my junior and senior year on which was mostly like a 95 percent boys team and it was me and one other girl my junior year and then my senior year um, I got these two twin girls to come play and they were freshmen and I was senior So after that, as playing on a guy's team, how do you recruit yourself to go to a college and play on a girl's team? Like, who's watching you? Mm -hmm. You know, it was because when you're at prep school and you're on a girl's team and there's colleges coming to watch and see your tournaments, see your games, they know your schedule, they know what they're looking for. Me, I was now stuck in um, Westchester, New York, and I was on this high school team of all boys where nobody was coming to watch me. And I had to sell myself almost. Mm. It was like selling my soul to these <laughs> colleges. I, was, I just had to put it together my own highlights. And it was still hard to sell myself at that point because I was playing in a guys league. And they had to watch either film of me from when I was 16 years old, when I played in the girls league, or when I was 18 years old playing with guys. So that was probably the hardest part for me. But luckily... In my story, I played in a lot of tournaments during the summer, and I met some amazing coaches, and I had to sell myself to them, and I just had to recruit myself and say, listen, like, this was my name, this is who I've played for, and hopefully you want me to come play for you at your college. Do you think that's helped you from, like, a marketing standpoint and, like, what you want to do in your life? Because, like, you've had to do that as a just as an individual that's a good point honestly I didn't even think about that but um I guess from like a pretty early on stage without me even realizing it I was marketing myself yeah and selling your brand yeah my my own brand (laughs) and I think that did help me I think that brought me a lot of confidence and it taught me how to um be able to speak to people in such a real sense in this real world it was like hey this is me do you, hopefully you like me and yeah. we can make this work. Yeah. And eventually um, through that experience, I met some coaches at colleges and again, I just had to convince them that I was good enough and some believed me, some didn't, but it ended up working out where I made it to a college that I chose for the campus at that point because I knew I was playing D3 Um I didn't want to go D1 at that point. I wanted the whole social life thing um, from what I knew at the time, at least. I think now, like, I probably could go to a big school, but I was in a town, the same town, the same house until I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know much about the world at that time. And going three hours away from there was, like, a scary thought. And I wanted a small school. I wanted the D3 life. I almost wanted prep school, but okay. in college form because I didn't get that chance. I actually did want to go to prep school, But um, Millbrook, I had a coach from there following me for years. He knew who I was from when I was, like, 12 years old. And unfortunately, um, when I was planning to go there, he ended up getting into an accident 
and ended up passing away. And at that point, I was like, this is just not meant to be for me. And that changed a whole nother storyline of my hockey career. Yeah. I didn't go to prep school. I couldn't go D1 at that point. I had to start selling myself. And I made it to a school that I chose for the campus. And I enjoyed the town. And I'm not upset with that decision. I think everything happens for a reason. And I'm okay with how things ended up. Mm -hmm. I'm happy with myself. And I'm happy with how... I did things myself. I learned a lot. It's so interesting because I was just having this thought today of like trying not to be worried about outcomes and just living my life in a way where I'm happy, almost just like falling in love with the process, like Mm -hmm. just being happy with each action that you're taking and not being so concerned with with results or Mm -hmm. or outcomes. And it's harder to do that because like it's so easy to be goal driven and want to accomplish something specific, but it's more difficult I think to say you know what I'm just gonna like try to reach the highest character of myself and Mm -hmm. take it or leave it kind of a thing it's definitely a mindset that you have to convince yourself of that and it's it takes a lot from me from my point of view in life there's so many people around me with different stories different backgrounds and I learn from that I might not have gone through what you've gone through but I've heard your stories and it teaches me and tells me how to live my life if I were to ever be in that circumstance and how I would react and how I can help you in the future of Mm -hmm. how you can react next and that all is just being confident with yourself and being strong and almost independent at that point yeah and also I think like being grateful for the things that you wish didn't happen yeah because it like leads you to a to a place Mm -hmm. and my dad says too like when I was getting recruited he was like I was really lucky in that way that my dad had played a college sport so Mm -hmm. and my brother as well so I felt like I had guidance in that way Mm -hmm. um but he said you know three coaches can look at you one will think you're the best player they've ever saw one will think you're terrible and one will think you're just okay Mm -hmm. but all like all those coaches are watching the same individual true so it's so like interesting how we can put value on like someone's opinion or like one specific scenario and Mm -hmm. in reality like you were the same person throughout all of that exactly and saying that like um through college again like I said these coaches didn't really know who I was or what I what skills I had coming in but um I started actually my freshman year my very first game at Salve I was a freshman and I was on the starting line and I had great potential but unfortunately my coach had her daughter on our team as well and I know I'm not the only one that's ever experienced this and Mm -hmm. I actually had two coaches through my career that had this problem And it was something to work through, and it was something for me that I wasn't always going to be – I wasn't ever going to be the star student almost on the team because her daughter was always there. Mm -hmm. So as much as you wanted to prove yourself, you could never get up There's that, that like, barrier to entry. Exactly. And I dealt with that through – till my junior year. And it was was hard for me to want to keep trying to prove myself – when I was just, I felt like I was never going to be good enough. And it made me stronger of who I am today that I don't need to prove to her. I, I, I don't regret that because I worked hard and I still had a smile on my face through it all. But it was something that was difficult while trying to play and prove to everyone that you were, you were as good as you, say, you said you were. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard in those situations too not to be almost jaded about it and just like you said like showing up every day with a smile on your face and like sometimes being really uncomfortable knowing you know what like 
deep down I know what I'm worth, but nobody else is recognizing it. Yeah, and that happened through since I was 16 years old and going through high school and finally getting to college. Yeah. And now I'm here in grad school and um, getting burnt out. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's long. It's how, how long have people played their sport that they love? And they have people around them that just want to keep putting them down. And it's it's hard to mentally, physically keep keep going. I, I'm feeling old. My body hurts. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think, like, through all of that has kept you going? Is it just the love of the sport that really drives it for you? Definitely. I, uh, I've, I've loved this sport, as I said in the way beginning, that I played every sport imaginable and just nothing was clicking for me. And there was something about hockey that, it was my escape from school when I didn't enjoy school. It was my escape from drama when there was drama. It was being able to do my own thing on the ice, skate around freely, and there was coaches, there was guidance, but they were never able to be in my face because mm-hmm. once I'm on the ice, I'm on the ice, and nobody can tell me what to do. Yeah. And that was the freedom that I enjoyed. And now coming to grad school and doing this for so long, and the drama doesn't stop, and the coaches in your face don't stop. Mm -hmm. And it starts to get to a point where I'm 22 years old now, almost 23. And how much longer can I go? I feel like I, I feel like I've done my time Mm -hmm. almost. I feel like I was strong enough to get through the worst and I was strong enough to get through the best. And I have nothing else to prove and I'm happy with myself. And that's why I would be okay stepping away right now. And I do hear a lot of people saying that they regret not playing and they regret not doing this, not doing that. I don't think I'll have regret because Mm -hmm. I did everything I wanted to and I'm happy with that. Was there a specific moment or anything where you were like, okay, I'm ready to close this chapter? Or was it just kind of like what you said, that sort of burnout and getting older? And I think it was the burnout. I think day after day there was bullying, there was name calling, there was the physical of um, going to the gym and your body just getting worn out and being tired and hockey is always a morning sport mm-hmm. so I'm waking up at 5 a.m on weekdays and then going to class all which affects day. your whole life too because oh, if yeah. you're waking up at 5 a.m it's like you're not going you're yeah, in bed you're, you're, you're not done. talking to people you're yet. not doing anything at that point I wake up at 5 a.m I come back shower take a two three hour nap by that point it's two three o'clock in the afternoon and I probably got school work to do or I actually have real work to do now because I'm, I'm 22. I'm almost in the real world. Like, I got to get my name out there another way. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing all of this at the same time. And it's it's starting to starting to get that burnt out feeling. Yeah. And that's I, I know that two to three hour nap feeling like so vividly. And it, it like your whole sleep schedule. You can't get through a day without a nap. No. It's like just not even a thing. Your eyes are closing. At oh, that yeah. Point. No, I've. I've caught myself in class a couple of times and we, and I don't know about, we used to have a, or we do have a team role where you have to sit in the first three rows of like whatever class you're in. And I was taking a class. I actually really love the class, really love the professor, but sometimes, I mean, it'd be like 2 PM and I'm just like zoning out, like Mm -hmm. real, like really like fully falling asleep, like sitting up. I feel for, I really feel for athletes at this point, like in college, like Looking back, I'm so proud of myself that I was able to get through that. Um, And I feel for the other kids that are going through that. This is stuff that almost makes me want to be a coach and prove that I can be a good coach and run a good program. Um, But I I wish more people were open about 
how kids are feeling mm-hmm. because some kids aren't open enough to speak about how they really feel. And I think that was me for a while too, that I would just come home and cry. Yeah. Like I, I there was nothing else to do at that point where I could complain to coach, I can complain to teammates, but nothing was ever going to change because it was my coach's decision. And I felt I was so scared for years to go up to my coaches and say, I was never comfortable enough. They never made me feel comfortable enough to go up to them and say, hey, like, we are tired. Like, I'm tired. We're waking up early. We're going to class. We're going to work. There's real life things around us that are more than hockey or more than volleyball. Mm -hmm. And I wish people were more understanding of that because kids are getting beat down every day. And it's such a fine line, too, because it's like you're willing to make the sacrifice and you're willing to put in all the hard work and you know this. And then you don't want to come across as like being lazy or Mm -hmm. feeling like you're not committed or whatever. But meanwhile, I mean, I'm sitting here now with a torn labrum wishing I would have said something in August, you Mm -hmm. know, because you you just beat your body up. Yeah. And kids don't realize that because it's a learning experience for us. Like I've never been injured, knock on wood, too bad where I sat myself out, I um, dislocated my shoulder and I actually played the next day and kept going after that. Of course you did. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was probably fine. I mean, couldn't have injured myself anymore, right? Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's a scary thing for kids. I've noticed it. Um, I've had other girls on my team crying in my arms because they weren't dressing and they were confused why. And they were scared to go up to our coaches and say, hey, I just, I just want to know what I'm doing wrong and what can I work on. And you almost want to say, like, that could be part of the coach's job. Like, you need to be able to communicate with yeah. your with your team and have everybody on the same page. Yeah. I think that was a big thing. We had such a miscommunication over years. And giving people, like, false hope or expectations. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There, there definitely was that, telling kids, like, oh, like, work hard this week and you'll play this weekend, and then they don't play, and now they're confused why. Mm-hmm. And then they're, like I said, going to their rooms and crying at the end of the day. And they don't have anybody to speak to. And God forbid they have that feeling of going up to a coach and, oh, no, I might say the wrong thing and get benched next And jeopardize, yeah. And not play the next time. Because it is a scary thing. Like, as a kid, like, all coaches are just normal human beings. We're Mm -hmm. all human. We all make mistakes. We all have feelings. And I've learned that now after all this time. I wish somebody told me earlier. But I was so scared to talk to my coaches and – Maybe it was because of myself that it was I just didn't know I was able to talk to them and say I have these real feelings because I was scared I was going to get benched. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like some coaches are like that, though. Oh, yeah. There, there's coaches that will just sit you because they want to. I had a coach who would threaten like anything and everything. I mean, if you he would say, oh, and if you don't like it, I'll kick you off the team. Yeah, I've, I've had that. Which I mean, especially if you're. Maybe you're a scholarship athlete and you're from out of state and it's like, this is the only way I can like be here. So, of course, I'm not going to question anything and sort of using fear to yeah to keep people yeah in their corner. To just stay down and don't say anything. Mm-hmm. It's almost like maybe I should just do that instead because I don't want to get in trouble. I want to play the next game. I'm just going to do whatever they tell me to do. I had a coach tell me um, I wasn't like the most aggressive player um, going through college after playing with the boys and start playing with girls, I learned that um, obviously hitting wasn't allowed, so I had to take it down a couple notches. You could see my penalty minutes my freshman year were a little too high. <laughs> but um, I'll never forget, she told me um, during practice, she was like, it's a dog-eat-dog world, and if you want to play, you can take out your teammates. 
And I was like, I can't do that. These are my teammates. I was like, I go to practice because I want to make myself better and make my teammates better. And I remember after that, I was so scared to like make the wrong move during a practice. Oh yeah, you're walking on eggshells. Exactly. And I feel like it's always a little bit like that with, I mean, I can't speak for like every sport, but you're competing with the people next to you, but you also have to be their biggest fan. Yeah. Yep. That's, that is the hardest thing. It's so hard. For kids to try to understand and make sense of. Because you show up for tryouts and you want to beat everybody there. Mm -hmm. Okay, now you did that. But now you have them as teammates. Mm -hmm. The girl that you were just competing against 1v1, it's now your teammate or line mate. And now how do we make this work for the rest of the year? But during practice, you're still competing against them because you want to play this weekend. Mm -hmm. It's such a confusing thought. And honestly, I don't even think I can wrap my head around that. It's hard because it is such – I mean, when you're – giving that much of yourself like mentally physically spiritually emotionally all of that because it's invasive like when you play a sport whether like doesn't matter what school what level like when you play a sport it takes so much of yourself and when things don't work out how you think they should and now it's like your whole world it it feels like there's something wrong with you and your identity yeah it feels like the end of the world yeah when you feel like you could be losing this sport too. Mm-hmm. There were so many times that I was like, I could just walk away. Mm-hmm. I could just, I see other people around me. They seem happy. They seem healthy. I could just walk away. But it was a scary thought because I'm not a quitter. Mm-hmm. I, know, I know all people playing sports are not quitters. We, we put 100% into something that is beating ourselves up every day. And it's exhausting. But we want to keep playing. We want to do the things we love. And it does get to a point that, mentally you have to keep yourself healthy healthy mm-hmm. you need to make yourself happy and I'm now 22 years old again and I what am I going to do now that makes me happy I go to the gym because it makes me happy and I feel healthy I like to work because that's fun for me but realistically at this point in my life is going to practice at 5 a.m every day and sleeping half my day is away and my body hurting the next day is this really worth it? Mm-hmm. And is it going to be the end of the world for me if I step away from this? And I don't think I would regret it now because I know for myself what is making me happy at the end of the day. What what is what is something that you wake up every day that you get to do and then you get to get in your bed at the end of the night with a smile on your face mm-hmm. that you said like I accomplished today and I am happy. Yeah. And not anybody else, not anybody else around you. Not, not like your boyfriend, your girlfriends, your, your family. Like what at the end of the day is making you feel I did something good for myself today? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. Um, it's so funny because I think I saw, I can't remember if I saw it on TikTok, but there was like this fitness girl and she bought like a big like paper calendar and she would write like smiley, different colored smiley faces in the corner and um, have like water goal, protein goal, workout goal, whatever. And then she'd give herself, like, a smiley face if she did it that day. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, like, I might try that, like, just while I was home in Florida. And so I got so addicted to putting those, like, little smiley faces on each day that, like, even on days where I, like, didn't have a workout planned, I would just, like, open up the Peloton app and go for, like, a mm-hmm. recovery run or whatever, just to do something to move my body so I could, like, draw that little orange, yeah. whatever. And, like, it seems, like dumb but it was like so meaningful to me because I was like 
it's like a privilege it was kind of like a meaning making thing for me like it's a privilege to be able to like you know have a have goals and have a calendar and be able to you know draw a smiley face on it at the end of the day it's a privilege to be tired it's a privilege you know whatever so it just kind of helped me like I don't know exactly that's that's something like that though and it's it's okay for people to be doing those things and share those ideas honestly I think TikTok is a great thing nowadays I mean there are you know some things aren't great (laughs) there's some things that probably shouldn't be on something like that but there are things that kids are learning I have a lot of younger cousins and I'm seeing that they're learning to be more involved with um, the community with politics with Mm. all these type of things that are making them like very open to the world and open with their feelings and mental health is a serious thing nowadays that I saw like even with my little cousins like I have a little cousin that is scared to post her face because she is not confident enough and that's something that I would like her mom didn't even know my aunt did not even know that she was posting stuff without her face in it because she was just I don't know what it was and I still don't know I haven't talked to her about it but that's something that kids should be allowed to talk about and social media is not for everybody and that's okay but everybody needs to be confident like I said like that little smiley face that you were putting on every day what is my little cousin doing that she gets to have that little smiley face every day yeah and um that's so interesting because I feel it's like we're kind of watching this human evolution in front of our eyes, especially if you do have like younger siblings or younger cousins and seeing how they interact with social media versus how like I interact versus how my older brothers react. Like my older brother won't get on TikTok. He's 24. He's like, I'm too old for TikTok. And I was like, I like I think it's great. Like I look at cooking videos. I look mm-hmm. at everything on there. So I love it. But again, like you said, it's not for everybody. Yeah. Like and it is a, um, it can be a very negative space if you let it be yeah it definitely can be like maybe my little cousin has been on those apps and she's seen people that she doesn't look like them Mm. and maybe that's what's making her not happy and I feel the same way like we all feel that way and social media can be a great or a bad thing but it all depends how you're absorbing that information like you just said you're watching cooking videos I'm watching videos of dogs every day (laughs) like that's what brings me joy yeah and you just need to find what brings you joy in those little things yeah don't look at the things that are negative that don't make you happy do those things that specifically are to your liking right and then the more you do that the more you're gonna see those like the positive things in the world Mm -hmm. too yeah um I just lost my train of thought first time in the whole podcast though I mean we were going for a minute yeah um we could talk for hours me and you I know (laughs) Do you want to talk about how you just had a man reorganize your room? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> my, we don't know what he is to me yet. Okay. Um, complicated. He's listening to me right now. I got I to gotta, I gotta keep this nice and clean. <laughs> but he definitely just reorganized my room without me asking. So that was nice. Do you know your love languages? Or do you not really buy into that kind of stuff? No, I do. You know, I'm into, like, Zodiacs, and okay. I'm into that, like, love language stuff. Okay. I think, what, what are the four love languages? It's, like, touch. Service, which services. is, that's what made me think of it, because I was, like, acts okay. of service, and then touch, uh, words of affirmation. Words of affirmation, and what's the last one? Uh, gifts, giving gifts. gifts, I think. Or giving or receiving gifts, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, it could be, um, if... 
Qual- oh, Bailey. <laughs> From the corner. Because he knows because I've asked him. We've had this conversation. <laughs> oh, I hope that picked up on the mic. That's so funny. That was good. Bailey came in with quality time. <laughs> um, he, he knows mine is quality time. That's why. Gotcha. <laughs> I am all about, I don't care what we do. I don't care where we are. I just want to be doing something. Mm. We can be sitting on the couch. We can be on roller coaster. And it's just making those memories for me. Yeah. And intentional, too. Yes. Yeah. I, I like stuff like that. I mean, you know, all the other love languages are nice everyone likes them i like giving gifts more than me I too like i'm about gifts. like you'll say something's like six months ago and i'm i'm mm-hmm. on it that's like me. it's already in my amazon cart <laughs> that's me i like write everyone down they'll be like oh i like that shirt and then like in a th- three months i'm like oh i have that shirt for you <laughs> <laughs> i heard you i'm always yeah, listening literally <laughs> but um yeah the zodiac stuff i'm an aries I, Ooh, oh yeah. i'm a taurus <laughs> oh wait i get along with taurus all the time yeah i you know what's funny Sid, all, what every all three people Sid's a taurus so is get out Get out. All three of you are Taurus. My three friends in here right now. That's crazy. Are all Taurus and I'm an Aries. That's crazy. You got to be grounded. You're a fire sign. You yeah. Gotta, you want to be. Mm-hmm. I'm like the most. What are we? Water? You guys are earth. I'm fire. I'm the most like Aries person you'll ever meet. Yeah. Like when you Google that stuff and you find <laughs> out what it is, like I am an Aries. So is my dad. Me and him are very similar. There but I do get along with a lot of Taurus and yeah. my mom is a Taurus also. Interesting. Yeah, a lot of you guys are around me. I get along with Gemini's too, which is really? weird. Yeah, Eric is a Gemini. My That's best friend, not surprising. Anna. Yeah, right? <laughs> You're not surprised about that one? No. <laughs> but I do like that Zodiac stuff. I think a lot of people like don't believe it. I think, like, to me it doesn't even matter, like, the validity of it. It's yeah. more just, like, I think it's... It's kind of like man, like when people say like manifesting or like speaking yeah. things into existence. I think if you like find positive qualities that you're going to associate with yourself, then mm-hmm. it's only going to make you sort of do more of that. Yeah, I think so too. I think I find like a little bit of an understanding for people yeah. when I look up that, you know, they're like some, someone like, will oh, come don't up worry, to it's you. just because <laughs> he's a Gemini. <laughs> exactly. They'll just come up to you at the bar and be like, I'll just be like, what's your Zodiac? And they're like, oh no, run. Like everyone, <laughs> everyone's like, stay away from the people that ask that. But I don't, I it's don't do it in that. It is. It's interesting. I, I have like um, those apps on my phone that like yeah. tell me my Zodiac for the day. I'd ask somebody, I was like, when was your birthday? And he, and he was like, December. I'm a Sag, if that's what you're wondering. <laughs> and I was like, all right, you passed the vibe check. Yeah, he gets it. Yeah. Again, it's it's the little things that I like to be like oh, to find joy in yeah, your day. Exactly. Yeah. It's hey, maybe maybe uh, the positive of him was, or um, that he's outgoing, and it's like oh, like I like outgoing uh, outgoing people. Yeah. For the most part, honestly, most people match their zodiacs. What I've noticed. There you go. Um, I was thinking about this too because I like just thinking about oh, it helps explain people. Mm-hmm. I've tried. I do that, I feel like, more with the negative things where I'm like, oh, like, they act that way because they're a Libra or, like, whatever. Not to hate on Libras. I love Libras. <laughs> but um, it also, like, has helped – I think just helps me – it is, like, finding a reason for something. Like, that meaning-making yeah. thing. Like, I – and I think it's also helped me, like, if I maybe don't get along with somebody, like, okay, like, what about them? And not just, oh, they're a whatever sign, but, yeah. okay, maybe they act this way because, like, yeah. they, you know, had a certain relationship with their siblings growing up. Or maybe they had to be loud to, like, get hurt in their household. Or maybe yeah. they had, you know, it kind of, like, I think trickles into other things, too, to help explain, like, why we are the way that we are. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. not even that we really need to know why, but it is just, like, yeah. a... 
you know. It's, like, almost like a comforting thing. Yeah. Just, like, trying to understand. Like, you're trying to learn. Like, I said earlier in the podcast that I like to, I try to, like, to learn about people and understand their life stories that they've been through that I can try to, like, not put myself in their situation. Yeah. But I can. Almost just empathize with it. Yeah, I can empathize. And, and like, especially my best friend, Anna, um, I haven't seen her in, like, a few years, which is crazy, but. We're, like, the same relationship. If I don't talk to her for a year, like, we're still exactly Just pick the up same. where you left off. Nothing yeah. changes. And um, she has a completely different life than I had growing up. She came from the Bronx in New York, and I'm from Westchester, which is, like, um, a little preppy town, kind of. Mm-hmm. And I remember her coming up, and she was, you know, all the black clothes, and I'm wearing, like, the pink shirt, blonde hair. Like, she had the black hair. So opposite. And I actually started off as the bully. <laughs> Me and my friend were, like, the cool girls, and we used to, like, bully her. And she never liked me, which is hilarious. I'm going to have to tell her to listen to this. She's going yeah. <laughs> to laugh. Um, but I remember we were not friends at all. And then over time, we, we became best friends because I learned so much of the background that she came from mm-hmm. that she didn't have any similarities to me in our families but she was able to learn so much from my family and I was able to learn so much from her family and she she actually wrote her college essay about my whole family oh wow yeah she went to Keene State very successful has um a boyfriend of like four years now which is absolutely amazing for her love him Josh shout out (laughs) (laughs) but um it's it's something like that that I've learned and that was the I think that was the start of it for me that I started to learn about other people's um, situations in their life and what they go through. Again, it might not be the same as me, but it's something that if I were to be in that situation one day, I learned from it. Mm-hmm. And somebody I, I'm close to has been through something like that. And I, you're, I'm not afraid to ask them questions either. Yeah. As those people shouldn't be afraid to ask questions either. Right. And then you can like learn to embrace like the differences and the similarities yeah. that you have despite all of that. Mm-hmm. And too. you know what this relates back to? The jealousy thing of girls. Like, I'm not... She was never jealous that my family had money Mm -hmm. or that my family was very stable and seemed very happy all the time. And she was never jealous of that. And that's why me and her got along so well, that she just wanted to learn more. Mm -hmm. And that's like... Me too. I, I, I meet new people and I'm like, I want to learn more about your life. Yeah. I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to hate on what you do. It's your personality. I have a lot of friends with a lot of different personalities and some people might get annoyed at that personality, but you have to realize that that's just them mm-hmm. and you can adjust yourself just the slightest bit to talk to that person. Like I'm talking to you way different than I'd ever talk to my roommate Sid. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I'm talking to you very different compared to I would talk to my boyfriend. Sure. And it's not the biggest change. Every, every single one of you will say I'm the same person. But it's just that slight tone or that the slight conversations that this you play volleyball. And my ex-boyfriend played lacrosse. And my roommate plays um, hockey with me. All different people, all different backgrounds, all find the same things to enjoy about me as I find different things to enjoy about you guys. Yeah. And, like, I think it's so cool to be able, like, you just become a more well-rounded person when Mm -hmm. you start to ask those questions and really not be afraid of, like, what the, again, like, what the result's going to be or what, like, someone's going to think or are they going to think I'm stupid or is this embarrassing or whatever and just getting over that fear. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it just elevates everything in your life. Yeah, that's huge for people. And 
I it's easier said than done. Sure. Of course. That's something that I have a I, f- I tell myself I have a strong head because all this stuff that I've learned and taught myself, it's not easy. No. Like I I've spent countless days in my room crying to myself. Like I'm not going to lie to you. Mm-hmm. And then I go out and I have this smile on my face and you'd never know that. But it's something that I'm not afraid to share and I'm not afraid to learn and grow from over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we've all been there. We've all experienced different things that um, this didn't bring me joy, but it might bring somebody else joy. Mm-hmm. And I think about like situations in the past and like you sort of have like those cringeworthy moments where you feel like shame or guilt over like a certain situation, whether it's with a guy or it's just a f- friend situation or whoever. And like the biggest thing is like there's no shame unless you don't learn from it Mm -hmm. like the only shame is in not learning from it yeah and I feel like for even like years like I would carry guilt over like how I acted in a situation and there's actually another podcast I listen to um and one thing she says it's like a mantra you repeat to yourself and it's I forgive you you forgive me I forgive myself Mm -hmm. and so because when you apologize to somebody or whatever it's like you don't you're not owed, you know, that forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Like that's up for up to them to decide. But you can't feel guilty about things forever and you have to be able to grow and learn from every everything. Yeah, exactly. That's from everybody around you. It's, yeah. It's just all a learning. Like life is just a learning curve. Yeah. And you have to just figure out it's a game, you know. It really is. It's just a big game. I'm not mad about it. No. You just got to play the game. Yeah. Um let's talk about some fun stuff. What kind of shows are you into? Yeah, Sid. Sid, come here. Let's get Sid now that she, now that she walked out. Oh. oh, she's you take yeah. my mic. Oh, this is gonna be good. I've been into. Let me interview you. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've been into um, the Real Housewives. Ooh, let's see. Um, let's I've see. been watching the New Jersey one recently, which has like ten episodes or ten seasons. That's like the OG one. And then what was another one I was... Oh, Utah. I just visited Utah this oh, summer. Yeah. And then I saw that it was doing Real Housewives, and I watched it. It was pretty good. Do you make your boyfriend watch with you? No. No? I don't think he would ever. Crime stuff. Oh, and crime. I'm so into, like, the Crime Junkie podcasts and, like, any docuseries that has something to do with crime. It's, it like, my go-to. so funny. So, like, um, 4th of July this past year... Um, I flew up to Michigan. I was, like, going up to, like, the lake with my friends, and we had all, like, gone out the night before. We're all 21 also, might I add. But we had all gone out the night before and, like, at, like, a local, like, I'm from Clarkston, Michigan. It's, like, a town of 900 people. Like, this local-ass bar. We get, like, you know, pretty drunk, and then I'm, like, violently hungover the next morning, like, throwing up hungover, like, not fun. And everyone's in the same boat, whatever. I'm, like, hurrying up, trying to pack. My friend's picking me up. And we're driving up north. It's, like, three hours or something. And we were playing, like, the Crime Junkies mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. And I'll have to show you this video. But there's a, a video of my friend. We're in a Taco Bell parking lot. And she's projectile vomiting with, like, the Crime Junkies podcast. With, like, Brit in the background. Yes. And I love when – I don't know the girl's names, but the one girl that pretends, like, she has no idea it's what's Brit, going on. It's Brit. It's She's, like – and then it's Ashley Flowers and Brit. I know their names. But um, <laughs> Super fan. I am. Um, but yeah, they're always like, and then what happened? And it's like, did you guys not rehearse? No, it's this? definitely <laughs> scripted, a hundred percent. Um, yeah. What, oh, what so, about you, Carl? So I don't, I, I don't watch, I don't listen to podcasts like ever. 
Like, I'm not that person, which is funny. Yeah. But she always is playing crime junkies, and she's always watching these crime shows. And I call her a serial killer because yeah. I swear. Yeah. I've lived with this no, girl for five years. Like, that's, that's a thing, though, where, like, girls find – like, like I'll fall asleep watching Dateline. Like yeah. it's there's some sort of relief, and I have no idea what the science is behind this. But that's a thing, like where we watch like murder and crime. Yeah, and, like, I mean Saturday Night Live made like a joke about like women watching crime yeah. shows and like yeah. finding so much joy in it. It is kind of wild. I wonder maybe because it's like. Why? Like, maybe because we're just constantly afraid that at any moment we could be like kidnapped. Yeah. We're just it, like angry yeah, people. It's like a part of our reality. <laughs> Um, but yeah, what shows are you into? Oh, um, I'm all over the place. I'm one of those, you know what I do love? Yeah. Sid just said I was a Harry Potter fan. I do love the Harry Potters. I've watched those through a million times and I've convinced my friends to be Harry Potter nerds with me. Um, I really like the Star Wars, Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, so you're like a series girl. Yeah. Like like Marvel and all that stuff. I, I actually did get into Marvel a little bit. I was like, this is kind of overrated. And then I actually started watching it and I was like, okay, this is yeah. exciting. I'm, I'm pretty into those. It's like, I like the action stuff, but I also love those rom-coms with like Adam Sandler and yeah. um, Jennifer Aniston. Like those are, those shows are my favorite. I think I watched like 10 Adam Sandler shows over COVID. <laughs> yeah, just like marathon it. Yep. Um, do you like to cook? I love to cook. Um, my boyfriend, ex-boyfriend, we again, we don't know what he is. Um, again, sitting in the background Gentleman listening to me. <laughs> yeah, whatever you want to call him. He um, takes over in the kitchen. Like, I'll start to cook. Okay. And then he'll just like, D- oh, no. I, wanna, hear, I hear him getting up. Do you want to defend yourself? <laughs> yeah. Bailey, you want to come in here and defend yourself on the podcast? <laughs> He'll, he'll come in the kitchen and just, like, you know, take the fork out of my hand and start cooking, which, again, is fine. Like, yeah. you know, you always think about, like, when you get married, like, who's going to be the chef, you know? Because mm-hmm. there's always one person that's, like, doing most of the cooking. It's so interesting because my parents – well, my dad got a smoker, so he's, like – Oh, he's all about well, that. My brother, too, is, like, super into it. Like, there's – every week there's a new, like, Instagram story of him, like, shredding some meat. I don't know. <laughs> but – um. Yeah, my dad's definitely, like, a griller, like, and yeah. he does breakfast, too. He likes making eggs okay. and that kind of stuff. And then my mom's a very, like, she's doing all the size. She loves her air fryer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have loves, one of those yet. I don't either. I'm kind of, I don't know, I'm a little bit jaded about it. So I'm like, is it not just, like, an oven? It, like, it is. Kind of? They say it's, like, healthier because it doesn't have, like, the oil that's cooking it, but that also doesn't make sense because don't you put the oil on the food when you put it in the air yeah. fryer? But I guess you're like you're not deep frying it. Yeah. yeah, I think we need somebody to convince me and you about yeah, these air fryers. Yeah, I was fryers. gonna say we might need to bring an expert, on an air fryer expert. <laughs> <laughs> my my family doesn't have one. I don't have one. We just use the classic oven. I do because my mom has one in Florida, and I like it for reheating stuff. Oh, like okay, as opposed to the microwave. Well, because one, I thought like I've heard microwaves aren't like the best for you from a oh, yeah. health standpoint but like I don't really care about that mm-hmm. I'm, I mean I <laughs> do enough damage to like yeah you know what I mean yep. like microwaves are the least of my concerns. yeah um it's heating up my food in 20 yeah, seconds exactly. I'm, I'm using it <laughs> but like the it is kind of because it is quick like a microwave but it doesn't like get soggy which I like I, have I like did that. hear that the air fryer makes your food like crunchier is, like if you crispy. have like yeah crispy like if you have like vegetables that you're cooking mm-hmm. in there it makes it like crispier like if you we just made asparagus in the oven and it's kind of like 
like soggy yeah. after but you want it to have that yeah, crunch you pick it up with your fork it's like yeah, it's limp. <laughs> <laughs> you're like <laughs> but it's you're like, so I was good trying to make this hello fresh meal and now i'm sad i know this should be sponsored by hello fresh because <laughs> yeah, i can go on about that oh you're a hello fresh oh i'm a hello fresh girl so i tried so hard i i mean maybe not that hard but i did do it and then i would just like never feel like making the stuff like yeah. i would just get bored and then there were some recipes that i tried that i really loved and mm-hmm. then i was like oh i'll just like take this for like myself yeah i i do like them in aspects that i'm i don't feel like i have time to like figure out what i want to cook and i'm always like i can't pack my fridge with like different types of like meats because mm-hmm. i just don't know what to cook with them it's always like stir fries or like rice on the side or something yeah. so it's for me, it's easier to just come home after, like, um, practice, working out, like, work, school, and then just have all the ingredients, like, exactly measured out how much I need and just, like, the directions how to make, like, a good meal. I feel like if I was – like, if I was in a relationship, I feel like it would be the perfect thing because my yeah. thing is, like, I'm not a leftover person. No, I, I can't I, do it I either. I suck at leftovers. I'm bad at it too. Yeah. I just am, like, I just had this pork chop last night. That's the last thing I want to <laughs> eat right now just doesn't it's not as good no never and my I'm mom is like one. so into leftovers she will make like if we make steak one night her next three meals are like steak centered <laughs> like she'll make a steak sandwich and then steak and like whatever and at least she like changes it up that's true because yeah. like if i was doing like reheats of food like i would just have it exactly the same of how i made it hi pumpkin <laughs> Jax just came over we got jacks um my roommate's boyfriend's dog. He's uh, featured on this. Probably the most quiet, chill dog I've ever the met in my life. most calm. Like, especially for, what is he, two years old? He's only two. That's insane. Yeah. Only two years old, and he's mm-hmm. he looks like a An grandpa. Angel. <laughs> oh, he's a I'm going to pass it back to Sid. Oh. Yeah. Hello. Ask her about hockey. Yeah, yeah. Talk to me about hockey. So, I had a different... I wasn't on, a me- like, a guy's team in, um, growing up, but I did prep school. I went to prep school route. Where, where are you from originally? Worcester, Massachusetts, so it's, like, Central Mass. Okay. Hockey's big over there. Um, but I did the prep school route. I followed one of my friends um, that I grew up with, Timory. She ended up going to Worcester Academy. That's where I went. Um, I started in the eighth grade. I was on varsity, so I was playing high school. Um, cause the prep school I went to, yeah. like it was middle school and high school. Was that, I mean, how, you're what, 13? Are you? Eighth grade? Yeah. yeah. you turned 14. Yeah. So, I mean, I felt, re- it was like my awkward stage. Like that's your awkward stage growing up. And I just, I don't know. I felt really young on the team, but my coach was actually my geography teacher in eighth grade. So I felt comfortable with him and I knew Timory as well on the team, but I didn't really play much, but I it was like awesome to be I was actually the last eighth grader that they ever accepted into the program because they were like we're not going to keep doing this but then I started playing um it was a great dynamic actually I just I absolutely loved high school I feel like I peaked in high school um in 2017 my graduating year I we won for the first time like the championship so we ended on a good note and then everything just went downhill from there like with college I didn't really apply to many schools because I knew I wanted to play hockey and like I didn't want to be too far and you're kind of limited in that aspect of things so I applied to like St. Anselm and then Salve like that's literally at Endicott those schools um and Beth oh I don't know if I should name but (laughs) my yeah my coach 
for the Salve team, it was just, like, empty promises, you know, you're, like, told you're gonna be playing and all this kind of stuff, and, like, it never ended up happening, and then I also, freshman year was biology major, and was not doing well, and I was, like, academically whatever it's called, like, I couldn't play my second semester of my freshman year, so I had to deal with all that, it was, like, just so disheartening, if I could start college over again, I totally would, like, I maybe wouldn't even play hockey, you just have, like, a totally different yeah outlook now, yeah, now that I've experienced it, but at the same time, maybe that would be, I don't know, but it's so hard, right, like, yeah, try to like see what I would have done I totally, yeah like, I yeah I mean I think about that too even just looking at my freshman year yeah. like there's a million and one things I would do differently like I wouldn't yeah I mean not to get into detail but no, like I know you know it's and it's kind of like what you said though is like life is just like this big game like mm-hmm. and I'm like I don't know I get weird phases in my life where I'm like I get so excited for, like, the next chapter. Like, you know, you can just, like, yeah. feel like you're growing into mm-hmm. yourself a little mm-hmm. bit and you, like, are just excited for what's yeah. to come kind of a thing. But I just – the drama and stuff oh, yeah. that's always around girls' teams, I feel like there's never any – like, guys just fight it, fight about it one day and it's done. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just how I see it at least. But uh, it's just annoying. And so I am retired at this point. Um I'm not playing my grad year. I mean, we had the eligibility too, but I just – I wasn't strong like Carly. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I couldn't do it, so. Um, do you feel like you were ready for that chapter to close, though, that you're, you know? Well, like, I don't know. I, I mean, I love hockey, but I guess so, yeah, because it's just been such a long process with hockey, and it's like – I'm so over it, yeah, just taxing. the academic shit that, oh, sorry, the academic swear, stuff you, you that swear. I went through, and I was, I'm just, I think it should be over for me, yeah. honestly. It's just fun to, like, see how me and her, we came into Salve, like, both, we were, we've been roommates for five years now, like, we try, we've had other roommates also, but we have never left each other's side since day one. So what do you think, like, what is, because you guys didn't know each other before no. college, so what, like, has kept you guys kind of solid I mean I like it started with me reaching out to you I reached out to Sid and I was like it was just like the email list of like all the freshman hockey players were coming in and I was you know stalking everybody on their profiles and I saw her which is a funny story I thought she was somebody else from her picture on Facebook she had a picture with two other girls and I, I don't think she was like the center person of it it was like two blonde girls and I was like, this girl kind of looks like me. Like, it looks like we could get along. Like, sure, I'll reach out. And I'm like, hey, Sid, like, do you want to be roommates? You know, like, we're both going to play hockey, same schedules, like, whatnot. And she was like, sure. And I swear, she it was like a month later. And you were supposed to come to orientation with me. And we were supposed to meet. But she was sick. So I went to orientation, and I still never met her. And I remember, like, stalking her page again, like, seeing who was tagged. And I was like, oh, my God, this is not even Sid. And I was so confused, but it, again, like another blonde girl, and I was like, okay, like again, we kind of look alike. It yeah. could it could work out. It looks like we have similar um, ideas of like what we do in life and whatnot. So it ended up working out. Like <laughs> again, a month later, I figured out that it wasn't actually her in her picture. But it was funny that like th- for all five years, we were roommates freshman year, just me and her. Sophomore year, we added our friend JC. She was on the softball team. Um, another blonde girl like to work out like similar things of what we all were doing like similar schedules almost 
Um, we all got along great. Um, no problems there. It just, we didn't end up being roommates with her the following year because we were going off campus mm-hmm. and, um, she was going to live with more softball girls and we were going to live with, um, hockey girls, which ended up changing actually. Yeah. That's not what ended up happening. We ended up junior year going into an off-campus house with a girl, Belle, who lived on the first floor of our dorm and we got pretty close with, she was a outgoing little brunette girl, um, little firecracker that one (laughs) and um we ended up rooming with her and she had one of her good friends who we became friends with as well but we all had like they didn't play sports either and we had this good like separation of hey maybe let's try somebody who's not playing sports and then we're playing sports and it we're almost on different schedules now last second the her friend ended up like bailing on us Mm -hmm. so we got a transfer student and that was um, a whirlwind. Um, <laughs> she was she played basketball. Um, she wasn't happy. She didn't. Um, she wasn't great with her team. She had very different a very different life than us. Like smoking a lot. We didn't smoke at all. She was up late. She was playing music. Like that just wasn't our vibe. And we were up early. Like I always say for hockey. So that ended up just not being the greatest experience. But that's when COVID hit. So we were barely home anyway at that point. So it ended up being like spaced out over that year of not being too happy, but we were both taken away from hockey. Like we were able to like escape almost. And again, Belle, like we're still great friends with her and no problems there. Um, And then the next year it was us and we chose to room with hockey players, which again, sometimes can be a good thing. Sometimes can be a bad thing. My... My freshman year coach, he was like, we had a rule. You weren't allowed – you could live with um, teammates if you had a house and you each had your own room, but dorms-wise, we weren't allowed to really? share a room with teammates um, because the whole – like, the whole premise of – especially in preseason – well, in preseason, we share with teammates, but, like, um, when school's starting and it's, like, you're – you have your old school day, you go to practice, and everything's, like, volleyball, volleyball, volleyball. When you come home, like, you don't want to just talk about volleyball anymore. Yeah. Or, and it's also, I feel like it can be a negative environment too, where if maybe you had a bad day at practice, now you're, you know, being negative to your teammate or vice versa and like just creating a a not so great environment. Yeah, I can totally see that. And I think that's, that is a good thing in um, one way, just because of everything you just said, like you both are experiencing like the same practice, but you're two different people. You don't know how that day went for somebody else. And that can cause a lot of fights. But me and Sid, we never had those issues. And even when she wasn't... Because she's a Taurus. Yeah, she's a Taurus and I'm an Aries. So that's why. But even when she wasn't playing or when I was playing, I was able to be there for her. And she was always there for me. Like, we both always supported each other. And we were never jealous of each other. We were just always understanding of each other's situations. And it just always worked out. Me and her just never cared for the drama. Yeah. We There was drama, and we, we were known as the twins walking around campus, too. Let me tell you that. Me and her have a, have a reputation. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd love to hear about oh, it. Oh, I don't know if you want to. <laughs> it was the two blonde twins that were attached at the hip. Every class we planned together. Oh we were the same majors. We had the same classes at the same time. We had the same hockey schedule. We were the twins. But we never got sick of each other because we were both very independent people where me and her can go do our own thing and 
we're gonna There's be no, okay. There's no like withdrawal, yeah. Yeah, we're we're gonna be okay. She's from Mass. I'm from New York. Even on like vacations or breaks, and we didn't see each other. We still were again fine. It's again one of those connections in life that you are always gonna be the same with that person, and yeah. it doesn't change. Yeah. Year five now, and it's just me and her again. Wow. We did there a full circle. Too. It was there, a full circle. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. I mean, this place is, I mean, no offense, yeah. way nicer <laughs> than your last place. Over the summer? Yeah. Yeah, over yeah. the summer. There, all right, so we're in Newport, Rhode Island, and I will tell you, it is expensive. I was just going to say that. Yeah. No, for <laughs> it sure. It is expensive. Is this old how, compared, comparatively speaking, I mean, it was cheaper with yeah. the other place? Yeah. N- not even, though. It was actually more expensive to live here in the summer in a shitty apartment with four five four girls five girls yeah we had five girls in that house and it was more expensive to live there all individually it was probably over a thousand dollars each a month for five girls in a two-bedroom in a tiny shitty apartment and then in here now it is a two-bedroom two girls beautiful we have a great view of the ocean and whatnot and it's a thousand each it's actually cheaper during the school year, during the winter in Rhode Island yeah. than it is in the summer. Most people wouldn't be surprised, though, if you've ever been to Newport, Rhode Island. That's... Yeah, prime time. Everyone knows that. Airbnbs, prices go up. Everything goes up. That's crazy. I also found out um, through a class that, like, Narragansett has the lowest, like, property taxes in all of Rhode Island. So, mm-hmm. like, these landlords are just, like... Oh, yeah. Raking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, like, oh, from summer money. to... And then, obviously, all the school yeah. year stuff, too. Me and Sid, actually... We spent some summers here together as well as roommates. And there was one summer we lived in a four-bedroom. And how many of us? Eight, Eight girls. Mm-hmm. Eight girls all lived in a four-bedroom. I swear to God, I think we paid, Our like, $3,000 each. In like, Newport. In, in Newport. Newport. Like, it wasn't a nice house. Me and Sid slept in a closet with two mattresses on the floor. Oh, my gosh. That like, is so, like, college. <laughs> so <house>. college. <laughs> I don't regret that. No, no that's character building. <laughs> that right is. There. I really experienced the lowest part of my <laughs> life <laughs> of living on a floor. Yeah. I mean, that reminds – so, like, I had some old teammates. My freshman year, actually, I'd come a couple days early, like, for preseason, and – I, you know, had asked, like, oh, like, is there a place I can stay, whatever, and they're like, oh, yeah, come to our summer house, and I'm like, oh, summer house, like, beach house, like, what's this oh, about? gonna be nice. <laughs> and granted, this, this is, like, over the bridge, but, um, and it's a six-bedroom, I'll have to show you a picture, but it literally looked like a cereal box from the outside. It was a straight-up square three-story just square house in there and it had yeah three and literally like nine windows like full-blown like cereal box house and it was six bedrooms and there was eight girls living there oh yeah Mm -hmm. and um yeah so I stayed there for a couple of nights but it was such a cool Mm -hmm. it was a little bit it was a vibe it was like yeah you know what you're there there for you're there to like work out work um hang out with your friends go to the beach it's like you're not there to like you yeah, know, during the summer, like, the only reason that house is there for you is to sleep, sleep. at night. Yeah. Other than that, you're out at the beach. You're all working during the summer. Um, I recommend it to everybody. It is a life experience. You learn a lot. Yeah. It's fun. But it's funny, like, Gabby, you live across two bridges from me yeah. at URI. And then I live over here in Newport across two bridges at Salve. But your world over there, like, so different. So different. Yeah. It's like... But your college is big, and there's people that you don't even know on your campus. Yeah. Like, we walk around town. We walked to breakfast this morning, and we saw the whole walk back. We knew every single person that we passed on the street. That's insane. 
Like, you definitely don't have that over there. No, not at all. And you're all kind of spread out, too. Like, you we have are. more room. I mean, I live in Matunix, so yeah. maybe I should I don't know if I should say that. <laughs> I live in, like, southern Rhode Island, so. <laughs> Anybody wants to not yeah. find me. Um, versus, like, my teammates, like, are even, like, 20 minutes from me. Versus, And I'm, like, 20 minutes from campus. Yeah, that's like, a drive. Yeah. Like, I'm two minutes away from campus, two minutes away from anybody's house in Newport. Yeah. Like, not far at all, but we, we go over there now because you guys are my first friends that I ever had that went to URI. Yeah. So, which I love because I'm experiencing now for the first time, you like, gotta come, your world. I mean, you gotta come to Bonview on a Thursday. I know. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like you've bailed on me a couple of times. I have. <laughs> I have bailed, but, you I'm know. I'm like, come on. Like, I also, like, I feel like sometimes i'm the captain of the fun army and i'm just like come on guys it's gonna be so good like we gotta get everybody and everyone's just like i'm tired like we're not doing this it is hard during season when i'm just like exhausted but it's also i hate the cold weather i play ice hockey i hate the cold weather i mean i yeah no i I can't especially after you were just in florida i know but even so i went when i went to michigan state when we would go out uh it was cold but it wasn't like this cold like this is a different kind with like the I don't know if it's the ocean or what it is with the wind and whatnot, but mm-hmm. like it I it is like a like a, it's bitter, a tundra. It like takes my breath out of me. It out. does. Literally. It literally takes the breath out of you. Like when you're walking down the street, it is bitterly cold. Yes. And I want to move south personally. Like I love it up in New England, and I get like the fall vibes, the winter vibes. Like I understand that, but for me, that's more of a vacational thing. Yeah. Like, That's now true. that I've been here for so long, it's, like, I want to be, like, North Carolina would be good. Like, they have, they have like, all four seasons, I have right? a few friends that have moved to North Carolina, actually. Yeah, I've yeah. only heard good things. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of North Carolina, I actually almost went to college down there. Really? Because I had... For hockey or not for hockey? Not for hockey. So, this was going to be a huge thing in my life that I had some schools in North Carolina and South Carolina, like, Charleston and stuff like that, and... They were on my list to go tour, and when I was going, um, Hurricane Irene, Hurricane, one of those hurricanes recently, um, was coming up that coast, like, right in the Carolinas, and my trip got canceled, and that was another one of those things where I'm like, it's just not meant to be. Yeah. I was like, all right, that's fine. If that's that's how it's going to be, that's fine. Okay, you're good. Sorry. Okay. Did did it get all that? Oh, yeah. It just, like, stopped. Okay, that's fine. Um, (laughs) but it was, it was one of those things, like when I said, like going to prep school and an uncertain, like an unfortunate thing happened. And then it's same thing with college where I was going to tour and I probably would have loved it down there. Like Mm -hmm. I'm that blonde beachy, like love the summer, but that was going to be a huge thing if I was going to play hockey or not. Also, I could have played club. They have club down there, which would have been fine. But as soon as that hurricane hit and our flights got canceled, I was like, nope, not meant to be move on. And it's so funny, like how. Like, that just leads your life down a completely different path. And even, like, my parents moving down south. Like, at first, I was a little bit bitter because I'm like, I don't know anyone down here. And my brothers had already been living there for, like, over a year, just the two of them. So they already had their bearings, their work, what they were doing. And so when I go down there, it's like it's just me and my parents. And I'm like, like, don't get me wrong. Like, love you guys. But, like, <laughs> it's not exactly like, you know, I'm 21. Like, I want to yeah. hang out with 21-year-old people. Yeah. Um, but, like, especially after being there, like, the past month, I feel like I just found an appreciation for, like, kind of, like, this is just a new chapter. It's a new yeah. thing. It's a, like, I get to make it my own or whatever. Yeah, that's what I've come to terms with also. Like, me, you actually told me to watch the show 20-somethings. 
Yes. Yeah. We're, we talked about uh, yeah. moving to Austin. Yeah. Me, me and Gabby are moving to Austin yeah, soon. Yeah. You should, you should move to Austin with us. Yeah. I think we're all just going to get a house and remake that show of our own. Yeah. But that's something after watching that too and like being here in Rhode Island now, it's like, and I was in New York like trapped till I was 18 and now I've been in Rhode Island trapped till I'm 22, 23. Now I'm like, all right, what's the next Fresh chapter? Start, yeah. Like I'm not like scared and I'm not sad about, like I'm not going to lose these connections here. I didn't lose the connections in New York. I'm not going to lose the connections here. It's only to make more memories and meet new people. And I'm, I'm an extrovert. Like mm-hmm. I'm that person that We'll go to the bar by myself and that was me last night. make I friends. Was, I was like, yeah. hey, like, I, I think I need to go out in Newport more. Like, what are you guys doing tonight? And then I just, yeah, yeah it came right up. down. Yeah. But that's like, that's why I love you so much is because you're, you're so similar to me where we're just like, we're independent people. And yeah. that was the same with me and Sid. That's why we all get along in these senses where we're all, it's okay to be independent. You don't need to be like attached to the hip. Me and Sid were, and that was great. But we learned over time, like, it's and A lot fine. of people don't make it out of that. Yeah. Like, stage alive it's like yeah. usually you end up hating each other or like you mm-hmm. just drift apart so that's crazy that you guys yes yeah. remain friends so when you learn like to find more people like that like you um you're an independent person where you can just like I drove to your volleyball game too once and yes, I just and showed I up by myself you. I like I didn't even know you were there yeah but you were the hype woman so I, know, I enjoyed yeah. watching the game and I was like she'll know I was here it's fine yeah. I'll probably see her later but it was we're both the same type where it's like I'll just drive over there and you know I'll see one of my yeah, friends if I don't it'll to. be okay and yeah. like meet some other people not a big deal well, that's the thing is like even when I walked in last night like I couldn't find you but like Eric handed me a 20 oh yeah was like there you go yeah you I, I like, see and I I also know that you're gonna be good like yes I don't worry do you want to tell the story from over the summer do you know what I'm talking about which when one we went we went out to smugglers and then um did you and Caroline show up was it that one I think so but it was like we ended up at a house party I threw up and left. Oh my God. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. We, I, w- I went to smuggler. So for all the baseball boys that were on the team, they were coming, like the whole thing, everyone wanted to come to Newport after these baseball games. Well, yeah. In the summer. And there was nothing else to do yeah, in the summer. Too. Nothing else yeah. to do. And I don't know if Narragansett isn't like that in the summer, but we never no, went out over there. Not, I mean, like sometimes, I guess like Muse, like there would be, or like there's like whalers over there, but nothing like, not like Newport. Yeah. Okay. Like I still don't know enough about Narragansett bars. Like I don't think I've really gone out there yet, but everybody would always come to Newport and I was fine with that because I lived over here. It was just easier for me anyway. I also love how we switched mics. So like. Did we switch mics? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even realize. No, no, you're fine. It's just funny because like I'm talking and it says Carly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I didn't even realize that. We're we're passing these things around like candy right now. Communal. Yeah. (laughs) But we went to Smugglers one night, and I think you and Caroline met me there. I think so, too. I believe I... Were you wearing a pink dress? I don't know why I vividly remember this. Okay, maybe it wasn't that night, then. You did wear a pink dress. There was... No, maybe I'm thinking of a different... I'm going to say, there was was a few different times, but if it was the night that I was already there, and then you and Caroline showed up, I remember seeing you guys at the door in the line. I'm, like, waving, like, come on in, like, so excited. Caroline's probably already drunk, like, on her way oh, there. Yeah. No, she took a couple nips. couple like, nips, yeah. yeah her mom drove us. Oh, yep, that sounds right. Her mom drove Shout us. Shout out to Caroline's mom. Yes. The <laughs> best. Um, so you guys came into the bar, and there was just, like, the thing is, like, be, I'm from Newport technically now, and, like, I know everybody in Newport, and I try to, like, bring other people into it, and sometimes it's, like, I get distracted with so much going on, but I'm, like, I know Caroline and Gabby are good. Yeah. Like, they're going to be fine. Like, they're across the bar from me. Like, they're independent. Like, 
they'll be okay. And we always cross paths. We find each other. It's good. And I remember we did leave. And that's when there was a bunch of Salve kids. Because a lot of Salve kids live in Newport during the summer. And we ran into a group of guys who knew the baseball boys on our team. So there was like that connection between the boys and then me, you, I think Caroline left. I think Caroline might have left early that night or something. Yeah. Okay. Or yeah, that's, that's actually what it was. She didn't, she, she left early. Okay. We're going to, we're going to leave it at that. She left early and you came with me and we went to like a Salve house. It was like a house party after the bar because bars close at one here. Yes. Um, which, which isn't great because everyone's looking for an after party, which could be dangerous. Well, and it's all, right. And it's also like summer in Newport. So everyone's like, like one oh five, like the street, the search is like, like it's warm out. So everyone's like walking in the street, just looking for something else to do during the winter. It's, it's quiet here. It's dead. Well, and so like a little bit of background, I was actually, um, texting my ex-boyfriend at the time and, well, he was my boyfriend at the time, my Mm ex-boyfriend. And then. This guy comes up to me. He looks like he's, like, 27. And he's right. um, a URI basketball alum. And he is like, oh, like, you're on your phone at a bar. Like, you must be texting your boyfriend. And I was like, I am, actually. Um, yeah, he's, like, back home. Like, I'm just checking in kind of thing. And and I, like, told him off the bat. I was like, dude, like, no, like, we're not doing this. And he's like, no, I'm not trying to be weird, like, whatever. And Make then, it known, yeah. Yeah. And then um, – he, like, started talking about, like, older volleyball girls that I knew. So then I was like, oh, like, you know so-and-so or whatever. And so we kind of just clicked off of that. Um, again, like, not interested that way at all. But, like, just was a nice guy. Yeah. Um, and he was like, well, I have to go back to Narragansett to drop off, like, my teammate um, at on campus. So, like, if you need a ride, like, I, I'm going that way anyway. Just yeah. let me know. So... Then we go to this house party. Yeah, now we're at the Salve house party. And he, he texts me and he's like, do, do you need a ride? I'm leaving. And I was like, I don't think I responded. And then we're at this house and I'm like sitting on the couch by myself. Watch, I think like Bruce Almighty was on or some shit. I think I was there for this. Yeah. Yeah, Sid, Sid was upstairs. there. That was a very weird night for me as well. I actually ended up in Narragansett that night. What? Oh my god, I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh yeah. About. I know yep. exactly what you're Cuz I was on the deck at that house party. Okay, you were inside. Yes. Sid was with somebody else. No, well it was Dom and then She was still with her now boyfriend at the time. But I don't think you guys were dating at the time. No. So that's when you guys first met. They were just like, yeah. yeah, they were like kind of talking together and Gabby was there. I was on the deck. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. We had so, so I we, think Caroline was there. Yeah, she was. I th- yeah, so Car- maybe Caroline yeah, I think you're right. Caroline was there, but I still she left from yeah. there. Yeah. She left from mm-hmm. that house. But I just remember sitting on the couch, you guys were in a different room and the room started spinning and this random guy sits next to me. I have no idea who he is and I literally stand up, I go to the bathroom, I threw up and then I walked out the front door. <laughs> and then I I texted this kid and I was like, "Did you leave yet? Can you give me a ride home?" And he drove me home. We drove me back to Narragansett. And and I knew you were going to be okay, that's though. What, that's what I think of it, is I was like, and then the next day, Carly was like, I knew I knew. Yeah, I, I wasn't even you. worried. Yeah. I really, I'm never I worried. I got in a car with a stranger. And yeah, and I'm like, nah, she's fine. She's fine. Like, girls, don't do that. But no, like, never. <laughs> no, never do that. But um, 
I, I just know my friend and I knew that she was going to be okay. And the people around us too, yes. like we would yeah. never let her get into a car with something that would that well, would really I, I be dangerous. Felt comfortable because I knew. Yeah, well, we knew I was who in a it car. was. There was multiple people in the car. Yeah. Multiple URI athletes in the car. I was like, okay, like I feel yeah. okay in this scenario. Yeah. Make don't ever get into a car with a stranger. No, don't. Um, <laughs> that was a fun night though. That so was funny. That was wild. Yeah. I ended up in Narragansett that night too, but um, and then Sid and Dom picked me up in the morning. Yes. That, that was You just, went on a little rescue mission. Girls, you can say no. <laughs> Preach. Yes. It's okay to say no. Yes. Yes. Um, well, I won't keep you forever because, mm-hmm. I mean, we've been going for a minute. I don't even remember when we started, to be honest. This could be like a three-hour podcast. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll have to edit. Yeah. I'll like, go back and I'll see like, okay, what's more interesting? What do yeah. we kind of like drag on? Whatever. Yeah. And then, what makes sense? What doesn't? Yeah. What not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we're going to go bowling oh, in Narragansett. <laughs> yeah, you Where can come. Where are you going? Um, yeah, yeah, it's right next to Old Mountain. Okay, maybe. I do have to kind of get my life in order. I have some assignments. I, I say that every day, but I, I don't know if it really happens. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Of course, any time. You are You're amazing. You are too. And I love this. thank you so this. much for doing this. Of course, any time. Um, I can't wait to do this again. I was going to say, maybe we should do a follow-up episode. No, I think we yeah. should, because yeah. a lot of things are going to be changing and in the next few and, months, yeah. you know? No, for sure. And I'm excited to see where me and you grow next. Yeah, 100%. Who knows? Maybe we'll be in Austin Yeah, we might be roommates in Austin by the time we do another podcast. Oh.